Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Cren, Sheila Hyland, episode 45. Guys, we have to follow up our last episode where we featured legendary concert promoter Rich Engler. <laughs> His documentary released worldwide behind the stage door. It's really incredible, the story of him and his wife, Cindy, and their journey through booking over 6,000 concerts in over 50 years. But he revealed to us, as you know, Sheila, I'm <laughs> surprised at you. Do you see what she it. did, Jim? That's what a, a you know, pro. She's a pro. Tom watched Jones. Like Peyton Manning. Watch the film. Uh. We asked Rich, <laughs> what is the one weirdest thing that they asked for in their rider? So all these bands or performing artists ask for all these unique things. And he told us Tom Jones would ask for a pair of black socks. Mm -hmm. And Jim, you knew exactly where that was going. Yes, I did. So you know what our Familiar. partner Sheila did? Studied she it. started Googling. Oh, yeah. Put up photos. She Googled <laughs> sure. Tom Jones and wanted Analyze. to see if she could see. <laughs> did you see a Nike Evidence. emblem or Nike or any kind of swoosh or anything? Did you see? Uh, no, but I saw <clears throat> did you something that said Haynes, I think. Haynes, Ego Haynes. I was wondering what we were. Seriously. Did you, did, see, you... did you see a sock? I, I, I... <laughs> did it look like a sock? Don't, look he... at it. She's blushing. <laughs> he probably was really good, though. Tom Jones had to be like a pro at that point with the sock. He, well, they were tight pants. Yeah, sure. It's not unusual. But... <laughs> but I wear guess socks. It is. But I couldn't tell if. It was embellished it was down there or not. Really? Yeah, he apparently did a good job of fitting them in down you, there. You took I mean, the time to okay, Google Tom Oh, come Jones. on. I just had to, though. I'm going to do it after You're the show. You're telling me you didn't? After we tape. You, you weren't curious? I, I oh, come now, on. Tell I'm the truth. I want to see it I mean, now. I know you're men, but come on. Tell the truth. It. I'm curious how he did it. You'd have to be really good at it after you do it for that many years. If you're doing it for like 30 years, that sock move. You are really good at rolling up, putting in there. I'm wondering how big There's, the socks were, but I mean, were they I mean, he can handle any ankle socks. socks or were they knee socks? At that point, he can handle any sock. <laughs> Jimmy's using ankles. anklets. I use anklets. You know, I was just like going to say, cut. you know what, Jimmy, More you seem to know an awful lot about this. Yes, yeah, so well, wait the, a minute. I'm wearing them right now. The ankle ones are easy to sit Didn't down with. Did you meet Tom Jones once? Yes, I did. I met him. He was, he was a very nice guy. I used to work... Uh, when I was stand-up full-time the Tropicana when I was a kid. And, and is it my stomach or yours? That was my stomach. My stomach used to I'm growl. I'm starving, man. Ever, Get I mean, some food happens, in this, man. I have growl. My stomach has growled like in serious conversations. With I heard it. hear that. Yeah. Talk to me. I don't so, even know what to I'm do sorry. I'm, my stomach That was a loud growl. Tom Jones. You know what I do if, I'm growl if it's growling and I'm in an important conversation with someone so, and I'm kind of embarrassed? They don't say anything. I try to recreate the sound somehow. Like oh, I move I something around. That. I'll twist the chair around. See if I can get a squeak or something. Just to throw them off, because you know it's hard. To, it's weird. I, don't I know, actually my didn't stomach. have dinner, and your stomach girl. didn't have breakfast. And that was like haven't a, had lunch. That was your stomach uh, screaming at you. Yeah, I got to get you some food. Your man. stomach is saying, "Feed me." I know, but wait a minute before but back we to Tom back Jones. to Tom Jones. Tropicana, Atlantic City. Uh, that what they did was in those days, uh, they instead of putting like a buddy hackett for like 150 grand, they got three comics from uh, New York or on the road. Comedy clubs are big. And uh, a small community were headliners in the East, and I happened to be in the Northeast headliner. So I was always got in the routine, or you know, the, the rotation of being one of the comedians at the Trop in Atlantic City, which was cool. But when you did it um, with the three, there's always like one seemed like old timer comedian at the time, you know, from the Poconos or something. It's like two guys from Dangerfields picture one Poconos guy, like a Henny Youngman. Type. Yes, the you know, older comic, you know. New new the game. My wife, please. And was really yeah, real <laughs> but technicians, really good comedians and. Uh, yeah, well, not known, but really good. But it was a thing in, in the 
when you perform, and still this till this day it's the same. If you performed in Atlantic City in those casino kind of atmospheres or Las Vegas, if you went to a show, they had to introduce you if you're working on the strip. Like if somebody was working, uh, you know, I had to announce them that they were at my show or, or our show. I, like I'd say, oh yeah, by the way, we have so-and-so's working at the Sands, you know, with Gloria Estefan or blah, blah, blah. Please take a stand up and say hello. And that, that's like a thing. So uh, my buddy, my buddy Dave, I don't know if you want me to get his last name. At the time, he's in his 60s. I hope he's still around. He's a really nice guy. Dave, this comedian guy, I old time. He's like, like I said, he's in his 60s at the time. He said, uh, Jimmy, uh, let's go to you know Tom Jones' show. I said, yeah. And we, we talked to, he knew the opening act. Something Roman. Something Roman. But uh, the opening act. But anyway... In the show, it was cool. Tom Jones introduced me, like in Dave. He goes, Ladies and gentlemen, there's a couple of comedians working at the Trouble Counter down the street. You know, Jim Crenn and Dave, and we're like, Get up, you get up and wave to the crowd. It's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Then afterwards, got this, you know, Any talk. Did women throw anything talk at to, you? No, uh, uh, no socks even. I was, oh. I was in where I didn't even know the sock back then. I was a rookie. Oh. I had no idea about wearing the socks, right? I had women do you think everywhere. Tom Jones got a lot of dates. He you had, think? the comedian was the guy who got the women for him. He told what? Me, Jones, Tom, there was women in the audience, and if Tom liked a girl, like in whatever, he'd scout, and he'd go out third row, fourth seat, invite her backstage, whatever, he'd talk to Hey, the decide. man was hot. Tom was Let's with, face yeah, he, it. Tom my, Jones man, was hot My wife. Day. Man wore two socks for crying I would have never thought for years. <laughs> Imagine the disappointment, though, that once was really, the sock was taken oh, away. Oh, that's trauma. Yeah. That's a lot of, <laughs> that's like therapy. My that's wife like therapy for the poor woman. Love. Right? <laughs> That Tom Jones song, it's not unusual. I love it too. She, He's cool. I never man. realized. He's I cool. kind of blew it off. I'm like, she likes Tom Jones. I'm thinking she likes his music. Ha! Huh, no. If you, if you, she, oh, Larry. If you, yeah. How you, naive am I? If you ever how get many this, women do you think? Tom, I'd say Will Chamberlain numbers thousand. Will Chamberlain said in his thousand, book, right? twenty thousand. Twenty thousand. Uh, oh, I'd they're say walking STDs. I yeah, I say Tom is a. Uh, Spoken like a true woman. Tom Jones. Well, what can is, I say? Tom Jones is in that league. Twenty thousand, I think. Oh. Really? I would say what I doubt. That's how many girls have you gotten for singers you've opened for? Uh yeah, none. I yeah. <laughs> none. I, I've never had been the scout. Yeah, never been the guy. Can you you know, Jim, can you hey, pick Jim. one out? But think about those rock yet. stars. Yeah. They say like Mick Jagger. I just saw this popped up yesterday on one of those social media strings. You right. go down a rabbit hole of celebrities who've been yeah. with a lot of people. It's been very public because Will Chamberlain wrote about 20, it. 20,000. Yeah. And I sat, I was, when that first came out, I went to the Civic Arena to a Penguin game and I looked around and I thought, this place holds, I think at the time it was like 17,000. Yes. This wow. place yeah. couldn't hold the number of women he claims to be with. Let's do the math here, too. They said it was okay. 1.5 women per, per day since uh, he was 15. But there were days okay. he had two or three. Uh, I mean, come on. That One day off. Now, can you imagine, you three another you imagine being You're... married to a person that's a like strained, that? That's a strained because relationship. Of course That's not. very strained. You, you know, there's no way they're yeah. not going out on it's you every one. single night. Yes. Yeah. It's I mean, really rough. There are some guys well, that that is just as strong an addiction sure. as drugs or alcohol. Well, and I think that's what it is. It's an addiction. I mean, at that point, it's ridiculous. Yeah. You're never getting satisfaction. Well, well you, know where, you know where he was if he was ever late for anything. Hey, where, where are you? <laughs> oh, forget it. You and know they, where you Magic were. Magic Johnson, they said, and I think it was like,
multiple people at a time. And I guess they were proud of that. Was he like in a 10,000 range at the time? I don't I don't remember. I'd but... think Mick Jagger would have to be it. He's got to be. Oh, probably. He's got to be up there. 1.5 a day. Right? Just... Mick Jagger Mick was on the list. Still going at 80, so he's, or whatever he is, he's late. So he's really but, but, up there. Uh, Sheila, this is actually. One of the all time greats. Interesting. I would say. Question. Hall of Fame. Just like young athletes. <laughs> same thing with athletes. They're rich, they're famous. Sure. A lot of them are handsome, they're in great physical shape. Yeah. You know, people wonder, I can't believe. They're with these girls all the time. Well, when you do that, years old, and you have millions of dollars, yeah, and you're good looking and physically as fit as you'll be in your entire life. What are you going to do with it? Hello, sign me up. Yeah, really, that'd be my hobby. Absolutely, that would be my hobby. It's a powerful aphrodisiac. And and some women, not suggesting you, but women would throw themselves at these celebrities. Oh yeah, it's it's amazing. Like Mickey Rooney back in the day. Isn't that weird? Like, I mean, to... God bless Mickey Rooney, but he was like the man I heard. But you know, the but he one wasn't that exactly hot stuff. Yeah, Listen, but he got the Academy Award nomination. The one that was shocked it. me, surprised me. I knew which one you were going to say. We talked Bob about. Hope. Yes. I what? told Jimmy we talked this before. About it. Wait, he was married for like 60 years. Bob didn't Bob care. Hope? Listen Bob to this. was hoping. Oh, you're Sheila? destroying Bob my Hope. image of Bob Hope. Bob, I, I hope I'm with him. He's when I grew up and he would do those Christmas shows in Vietnam. Little did you know. And I, USO, and they were so touching and heartfelt. Right. Yeah, it really. Even as a young kid, I was, and I love Bob Hope for that. Funny. And Everything. I liked his style. You know, when he he once, uh, multiple times, emceed the Academy Awards, and one of the lines I still remember is, what was? "Hi, welcome to the Academy Awards, <laughs> or as we call it in my house, Passover." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, I mean his timing was impeccable. So he's yeah. one of the greats. I'm watching a documentary. And they're showing Anne Margaret. He took her to Vietnam for these USO shows and mm-hmm. Christmas shows. Wait, they didn't have a fling. Yes, they did. I'll bet. bet, him, I mean, bet check Margaret? this out. He had to. He had to. So, he couldn't let that Then it turns out try. that I found out that it's Bob Hope was a world-class philanderer. He was Will Chamberlain. No, really? Yes. Multiple. Okay, they said I'm, they have women. It's known. And one of the writers they asked, I thought he was going to dispel it. Or at least say, no, that's not true. He goes, oh, yeah, they everybody knew it. it. He used to have, Sheila, multiple women would wait they- for him outside his hotel, whatever town he was in, and he would just pick one or two. Who he wanted. Or three. Okay. That, Isn't that amazing? That's crazy. But I, I think I that's told cool. you on an earlier podcast <laughs> that I was propositioned by Ed Asner. Oh, Do you remember me telling no, you that? No, maybe it hasn't this was secretly. was back in the 90s, and he was in town for something, I believe, at the Benetton, some show. And I was sent to interview him mm-hmm. for the news. And what did he and say? And he was at WTAE Radio. He was d- doing something with WTAE Radio. So I went downstairs. I was at the TV station upstairs, went downstairs to interview him. Yeah. And uh, he essentially asked me, you know, what are you doing after my show tonight? <laughs> and you, like, you turn him down, I'm right? Definitely not hanging out with you. You know what? I did get his autograph. But... You know what? Ed, Ed Asner. Yeah, Ed it's, Asner. It's like the, it's like the Mendoza line for probably, if you're famous, <laughs> you're gonna meet a lot of girls. If you're famous and rich and all that, but there's the Ed Asner who's rich and famous who probably got a lot of nose. I'd say it's the Ed Asner line. Are you better but... looking or worse looking than Ed Asner? If you but... got Asner, Ed Asner, you're not getting even with him, even with it. Star. You, Academy Award, you can carry Academy Award. You're at Asner. If you keep it. asking, eventually you're going to well, find ve- one. Eventually, if he's you know, ambitious. But 
nothing with it. Ed could just walk around, talk about he was on the Mary Tyler Moore show, whatever he did, and nothing. It's the Ed Asner line. Bob Hope, that Bob was better me. looking than Ed Asner. That really I was disappointed. Me. I wasn't I, totally yeah, shocked. I, and he lived to be 100. That's why. Well, but apparently he was doing something right. I try to tell my wife, this is what keeps men going. He she like says, you're going to die young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was like David Lee Roth or so something. So I want to know, do you suppose she had to know? His wife. I, you think she knew for yes. sure? She and had what, to know. I think, how they described I think it when is you get to the... They had an arrangement. Uh, really? Where when he was on the road... Many what, once. What happened on the road stayed on the road. And okay. she, she just with that. stayed she home, with did that. her thing, and he wouldn't do it in front of her. Oh, well, was how kind of class. Class. I mean, He's not going to do it in front of her. <laughs> wow. Well, I didn't mean in front of like, hey. you know. Uh, Got this scruples, is man. Larry Richard Unfiltered with... Sheila Highland and Jim Crenn. and oh, I got top billing. We well, I just switched it up for a second. You deserve Do you top mind, billing, Jim. <laughs> no, I don't. No, we, it's we, Sheila. Jim and I are old school when it comes to ladies first. Always, right? Yes, absolutely. I'm no lady. Jim is a gentleman. <laughs> yes, I am. He is. A My gentleman. wife says, you both "Geez, are. I really love Jim Crenn. He's such a gentleman." Thanks, Cindy. Yeah. Aww. You really. Thank you. Really dug your thing. That story about Saint. Therese of Lejeune. Uh, oh. Yeah. Amazing story. Yeah. That, that is a game changer for a lot of people. When it, they it, find out because they think, oh, Jim, he's happy-go-lucky. He's a comedian. Everything's a blast. Yeah. But that was a powerful story. It's one of those I never forget. I could tell real quick when we have Yeah. I mean, it, even if you know, I'm aware of it. Have you heard this? I don't you know, I recall. Tell you this, I'm, ever? Maybe. Oh, this is. It's a cool thing that happened to me. It's a miracle. Let them have it. Okay. It's a miracle. Tell us your I miracle go story. to a retreat, uh, religious retreat. St. Paul's is on Southside. There's a monastery Why? on Southside. Why did you go to this retreat? I, I just saw, you know, I grew up, grew up Catholic and I'm, you know, my, just the way it is. And I, and I just needed one of those weekends to get away and you don't talk or anything, just pray and meditate. Kind of oh, read. You were like a monk. Like a monk, exactly. For a yeah. weekend. Kind of rejuvenate for a weekend. Imagine Jim and they not had, talking for no, a week. It was Well, that's just it. You could talk. You could go to these like, workshops they'd have once in a while. So they have a workshop on like a Saturday afternoon. It says workshop with uh, St. Therese of Lisieux, with a theologian who was you know, an expert on different saints, spoke on them, their lives. So, and I go, and I, I said, I, I don't remember the saint, St. Therese of Lisieux, you know? 12 years of Catholic school and you know all that. I still don't remember, but, but yeah, I'll, I'll go. You know, so I'm sitting there and more. And, and it was interesting. She was an interesting saint. She died at 24 of tuberculosis. And she had uh, two years. Um, and you have to read, a, I suggest reading about her. She's a really cool saint. Uh, but there was two years of her life that she called them the dark nights that she lost her faith. And all of us out there, at some point, you do kind of lose your faith a little bit. Right, it's part of being believing, if you if you believe out there. But so she loses her faith, uh, and she didn't want to tell her sister Celine because si- uh, her mother and dad were already passed away. Tuberculosis was a death sentence back then, mm-hmm. and she thought, well, I'll just go through the motions. So anyway, toward the end of her life, she tells Celine, she said, you know, God spoke to me twice. Came in, was like, you know, I spoke to God. And see, I'm, I'm not on any medicine or anything. So this theologian is telling me the story. And he says, well, you know, Therese uh, gives you a son. Now, a saint is not a god. It's a 100, a definition of a saint 
is uh, Larry's. A, it could be a saint amongst us. The definition of saint is a 100% first-rate human being. So when you pray, you're praying to God, but kind of in honor of the saint, to explain that. But uh, so she gives signs, he would say. Like people who are having a crisis in their faith, you know, they pray. You, like I said, you pray to, you, to the saint, but it's really trying to pray to God through the saint. You're not, they're, they're not this God. So anyway, he'd say, yeah, you know, you'd be surprised. I've been teaching about her for 25 years in uh, one of the saints I teach about. And she, he said, and her thing was a roses. She's called the little flower. Loved roses. And, and he'd say, there would be a sign. Like people would say, Therese, give me a sign. I'm having a crisis. And like the next day, there'd be a dozen roses at the door, he said. This you know, theologian told me this. And, and he said, I get emails and letters all the time. So it's really interesting. So I found that fascinating. And this was November of 1999. Uh, January, end of January of 2000. I'm having a rough, rough time. You know, just one of those weeks we all go through a month, actually, where my grandmother passed away re- recently at that point. Things were going, a lot of transition going on in my life. And uh, after the, doing the morning show, uh, there was a, a church, St. Uh, Simon the Jude and Green Church. It was open in a day. So in the morning, so I go there after, and it's just quiet. So I go there to sit, and there's this uh, little old lady up in the left-hand corner, and I and Tr- we're the only ones there. And I was kind of going through that crisis of not believing. You know, it's a crisis. And I'm sitting there, and I'm getting angry. I'm like, I can't. I don't know. What is this? This is like a waste of my time. And, you know, I really got angry. And I remember Therese, St. Therese, and I remember looking at the cross and, and saying, all right, Therese. I so said, I go, I dare you to give me a sign right now. And I, I said it a lot more angry, you know, even swore like in, to myself. I said, I dare you. I said, not tomorrow. Not tomorrow. Not an hour from now. Right now, I'm talking to myself. God doesn't exist. I'm talking to myself. I want a sign right now. I dare you. I said, I dare you. I get up and I go to the back of the church, uh, look, get pamphlets for my mom, Lou, <laughs> likes to read the pamphlets i know that so i i'm look getting the pamphlets for her and as i'm getting the pamphlets the little lady was in the left side of the church in front was outside and she's coming in she's like in her 80s and she's trying to not make sure i didn't leave so she's yelling for me not to leave and i say take your time you know so she finally gets to me and she's holding something in her hand a little paperback blue book and he says you're gonna she goes you're gonna think i'm crazy i go what she goes why well, I pray to God conversationally. And in the middle of my conversation, a voice came in. And, and, and it said, you got to get the blue book. Give it to the guy in the back of the church. So she's explaining. She goes, I bought this book six months ago in a store. And it cost a dollar fifty. said, I just put it in the middle of my glove compartment thing in a car. She's telling me so. She goes, I knew it was the what, it, what the voice meant, though, the blue book. And so she said, I ignored it. And she goes, I start praying again. It came loud. It came strong. You have to get the blue book. You have to give it to the guy in the back of the church. It's going to answer something. Question. Swear to God this happened. Right? It's amazing. Uh, so I'm kind of looking, okay. So she has this little paperback blue book. Uh, and she goes, like she goes, like I said, as a dollar, if it's, you can keep it uh, because for some reason you're supposed to have it anyway because you know, it's supposed to answer some kind of question. I, I, I go, okay, thank you. So he hands me the book. She walks away. And I and I look down at the book, and on the cover, on the cover is the cross, 
And underneath is a quote. The quote is, God, how I love thee, St. Therese of Lisieux. Whoa. It was her prayer book. I mean, there are other saints' prayers in it, but she was on the cover with her quote of that prayer book. God, how I love thee, St. Therese of Lisieux. Oh, that just I, gives me some I chills. I dared her. That was a smack in the back of my head. You know, as God saying, all right, here you go, buddy. But I'm there. it was a pretty amazing thing to happen. I never forgot, you know, obviously could forget that. I remember you told the nun that we visited mm-hmm. at McGuire home, mm-hmm. Sister T. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And this is a little addendum to the story. So this is the first time I heard it from Jim. And he's telling me and this nun, and we're in this little chapel. And I'm looking over his shoulder. Now, this... I have no idea any of this is coming. I look over the shoulder, and the nun says, after Jimmy tells the story, she points, and the stained glass window behind us was? St. Therese of Lisieux. St. Therese. It's just cool. It's really just cool. You know, it's really you special. That? Yes, I, I cool. do now when you say that. I, I, I did until you brought that up. It, is, it was It's her, just cool. Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. And the stained glass window completely... Everything lined up. And it makes me think, you know, when people wonder if they're going to see their loved ones out there, you know, when we heal to me, I believe you will. Obviously, Therese told her sister and told us. And I, I don't know. I, I, there's, there's no room for any chance in that, what, that event that happened to me. Like, there's, you know what I mean? There's no, like, well, it might have been this. It might have been that. There's none. No, you're 100% no, that's way convinced. too coincidental. Yeah. It was just too exact. You to tell me and uh-huh. Sister T that story and her to point out, you see the stained glass window. Yeah. It's like, okay. Is, is her. That, that cool? kind of shook me up in the moment. Yeah. yeah. It's a powerful. And uh, I, I think we should call this episode Saints and Sinners. <laughs> yes. We talked about the sinners. <laughs> I, got a, I got a long Mom way to go. Hope, I'm still crushed. I know, well, he's he's a good man. He he went at it. His, yeah, I think his wife had that now, right? Like you said, oh, it was. You think it was yeah. like you said it was an arrangement thing they had on the road. Yeah, I mean, I'm just taking count. Because, he takes the ring off. Honestly, until a few years ago, I like Sheila was like, oh, Bob Hope. Yeah, he was. I kind of thought he was the guy pedestal. <laughs> you know, somebody that did this great work. Sure, and he did do great work. Yeah, he did. It it's funny because just because he did great work doesn't mean he wasn't. Sleeping with all these women. It, well, hey, we right. used to think it, Jim Baker did great work, it, it, too. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, he, <laughs> did, he I'm, I'm back of my mind, I'm thinking, great work. But when you tell me this thing where his wife says they got a deal, he could have any woman he wants if he, when he goes on the road, all of a sudden, he's booking you and USO shows. Let's he's on the USO, road. Calling, he's all over the world. Yes, he said, I'm on the road. Come Meanwhile, on. Meanwhile, she might have been home partying. Who knows what I she know. was up to. Good point. You know what? Never I think it's that. a lot different for women. I think... If I have the opportunity to speak directly, I'm going to say straight up, Lord, you made us this way. You made us this <laughs> well, way. Well, yeah. We're Wasn't flawed. my idea. Yeah. Why do I think that's attractive? There are guys, <laughs> Sheila, in their 80s and 90s who, if a pretty woman walks by, mm-hmm. they react. And a guy told me just the other day, <laughs> he goes, Larry, nature. to that point, he goes, my, my dying father, on the final day, <laughs> towards the end of his last breath, a good-looking nurse came in, and he went, 
with his eyebrows. Yes, see? Like, wow. It's just. Uh, and I'm thinking, is that what it is? It's you a, get to the end of your life. It's a, yeah. And, it's just amazing, amazing gift from God. Why do men cheat? Do you do you ever see Moonstruck? I have, yeah. With Cher? It's been a while. Because... Olympia Dukakis is the mom in the movie, and she's her husband, Cher's dad in the movie, is cheating on them, on her. Mm. And she goes, why do men cheat? She asked this a couple times during the course yeah. of the movie, mm-hmm. and finally she realizes, because they're afraid they're going to die. Ah. Well, <laughs> no, not afraid they're going to die. They are going to die. You know what happens in the fall, like right now? Yeah. If you go to a football game, I'm talking a high school football right, game, right. and there's trash cans, there's bees, they're going crazy this time uh-huh. of year, right? Because they're trying to get that last sting in before the yeah. Right? I thought That's they were good just way going after some food. It. No, you know, you know, it's funny. It's, it's cool. You brought no, they're guy bees. Larry, it's funny. Sheila. It's oh. funny you bring this up. They're going nuts the ho- to the, get the last oh. sting in. But the hottest story in the country right now, believe it or not, it's in the New York Post. It's everywhere. Is Adam Levine? Um, the, oh. These women are coming out talking about how he's cheating on his wife. Women? Larry. I thought it was just one. No, there's like several now. Oh. New, York, New York Post. And ad. naturally, he's married to a supermodel. He's going. Yes, and he's, 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 he's. That's the part that's hard for a lot of people, and I get it. You know, yeah. I mean, but if s- if guy, it's a conundrum because I don't think women get to a certain point where they care as much about. It's, I don't know what to describe it as, Sheila. No, well, no, I would say women tend to um, do, you know, we're more emotional. We think mm-hmm. you more want emotionally more than, the, than the, the physical part of it. I think mm-hmm. men, um, you know, they're hung up on the physical part of it. No, yeah, but, we have no scruples, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, full disclosure, Sheila, I'm sure you've heard this, that guys usually get to talk. Typically, it's from your dad at some point. God gave you two heads. Don't think with the smaller one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And apparently a lot of people do not take dad's well, advice. No. 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 You, that's what I'm saying about ask the Lord. You made us this way. It's Why amazing. is it a woman's shape is so attractive to a man? It could be anything. I don't know. It's a ama- it's amazing. It's it, it's, that's, it's you know hardwired. How we recreate, procreate. That's I, I, the idea. It is. It's, you know, but there's a there's a movie called Beautiful Girls, and uh, Michael Rapaport is in it, and a few other people, and Uma Thurman. I recommend watching it. Run the holiday season. About old friends getting together. And this one guy, uh, well, a couple of them just loved beautiful girls. And he had posters on. And they just thought he was shallow. And they go, why do you, what is it with beautiful girls? He goes, because to a man, they're high, <laughs> hope in high heels. Hope. hope. And I thought, that's a cool line. <laughs> like you feel a feeling of hope or something that is given. Like a gift of, it gave him a gift of feeling. Like an uh, it's euphoric feeling of hope, he said. I, I thought that was kind of cool. That's and, what, from the gift, like it's from God, a gift, a gift that, that they're you know i mean kind of... it, if you were deeply in love and yeah. you were exclusive to that person which you should be if you're married but sometimes that's yeah, not take the, the way it goes kind for of a big of thing <laughs> i get it yeah. it's kind of a big but, promise you know but that's the perfection part you know we're two become one and yeah I don't. Why are we talking about that? That's cool. It's interesting. And then two becomes it's forty. Well, or you just say you write in a contract. Uh, I do, but if I'm on the road, I don't. 
<laughs> the Bob Hope rule. Well, we do have prenups. Do you remember, Jim, when we were in Pizza Fanade with Bruno, mm-hmm. and Bruno mentioned that his father was one of 25 children? Uh, okay. uh, yes. Do you remember this? Uh, yes, which is amazing. And we saw the house. It must have been like a factory. But yes. what happened was there was a couple... One woman, I think she had like seven kids, and the guy had six or seven, and their spouses died, so they, they married and then kept having kids and then decided they were going to sleep in separate bedrooms, and then they had twins. How about that? Huh? huh? Hmm. Yeah. So 20... separate bedroom thing wow. worked for them. Do you remember that? Yeah. You were there in that little town. It was pretty I don't cool. think the town could house 25 <laughs> children, but then- when I was in Ireland, they showed us where a lot of the Irish would live in these mud houses. I forget what they called them. And there were dirt floors. But there was a little master bedroom nook. It wasn't mm-hmm. even a bedroom. It was yeah. just like a, a bed a dug area. into the wall with a sheet. Yeah, and Bob Hope was in the bed. No, <laughs> and Bob Hope was there. <laughs> Full circle. Um, my thought was, and here's, I don't know, just random thought, but right. I remember thinking it. Right. I'm looking around. I'm like, what else is there to do? Got a point. But and right? that's you're why in they... a teeny tiny place like that, and your your kids are yeah. two feet away on the floor. Well, you that's have the a sheet, problem. But I mean, still, that's a problem. Really you got to you, you got to put two really sheets up. Really quiet. Yeah, so really quiet. They're pretty masterful. Oh yeah, I, mean, I love the Brian and Gary. <laughs> they used to be a radio duo. Very on WTAE radio back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were battling Jack Bogut and. Uh, but anyway, they had Jonathan Winters in one time, and Jonathan Winters was going Genius. off. You know, he yeah. was like before uh, Robin Williams. There was Jonathan Winters. Yeah. Robin Williams. That, he was on influence. that scale of you know, in the moment. I, what do you call that when you just kind improv? Of riff, improvisation improv was riff. just amazing. Yeah, like, and he's talking about this guy from Sweden meeting this blonde girl <laughs> and his name is Sven and he saw the Sven. woman and he goes and they they made this sound which was the quintessential this is it for guys everybody knows hey 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 yeah that's right <laughs> you remember that yes he nailed it that's exactly what that sound is hey hey, hey Sven hey. Sven saw Sven. the woman and she came in the hey 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 <laughs> speaking of voices have you seen or heard about the movie Marcel the Shell no, no. Okay, you know Marcel the Shell, the little guy that's, um, it has like three million followers. It's a little tiny okay. animated shell I, I with don't eyes know this. Is this and a new little movie? shoes. Is this a new movie? It's out. It's old well, it is a new movie, but okay. Marcel the Shell has been on YouTube and online for about 10 years. Okay. Anyway, I'm a big Marcel the Shell fan because I like to imitate Marcel the Shell. Can you All right. Do, yeah, Let us have it. Well, I, I just want to say... I watched the movie and fell asleep a couple of times because Marcel the Shell is meant to be in 20-second sound bites, not a movie. Oh, but really? She don't recommend I, me watching the movie. Marcel the Shell. This is, this is high. Yes, this is Marcel, and I'm here with Larry and Jim, and um, we're doing a podcast so imagine I that. I can't for wait an to see the movie. movie. I can't wait to see it because so I want to see how good my, your impression okay, was. Okay, this has a hundred percent. Listen, a hundred percent Rotten Tomatoes. A hundred percent. What bad? What movie? It's that bad. Okay. Wow. No, that's well, that's show. good. That's oh, supposed to be good. good. Oh, wait. No, that's supposed to be good. It's positive. But here's my you said theory. You fell asleep, okay, though. I did. So here's my my. I watched hmm. it with my daughter, my grown daughter, and she loved it. But here's the thing: if you have enough drinks, 
and enough people. Yeah. And you're going to find this movie hilarious. Okay. But if not. You're like a sh- is like, seashell? Is this like when you watch The Wizard little of Oz shell, with seashell. the album soundtrack from Dark Side of the Moon, Pink Floyd? Something like that. If you have enough, <laughs> if I have enough beers in me, I think I'd laugh at a seashell. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so anything. stupid. It's, it's, it's good, huh? kind of funny you at fell times. Asleep, though. It's kind of oh, throwing me I, off, right? I, yeah. It doesn't inspire well, me. Well, it didn't really have much of a plot. Please tell me you fell asleep. I mean, asleep. what do you do with a little a little shell, a seashell? Yeah, well, did you fall asleep during Maverick and, and sneakers? I was the guy that invented, you know, that. What was it? What's that guy's name? The lobster. Oh, what's his name? Yeah, yeah. him. That show. Him. Wait, yeah, what's that. The lobster? You know the show. Uh, the lobster. SpongeBob. SpongeBob. Oh, SpongeBob. Yes. Who would have okay. thought that? Would okay. Go? Well, that was funny though. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, I think it's SpongeBob really adult funny. humor. That's double entendre. It goes over the heads of the kids. They yes. like it. You know. Yeah. You know what's funny? I I had a, I was on a sh- I was five I did five voices for a Nickelodeon hit show called Action League. Now I remember. That. I get kids in their thirties now. Scott Paulson and you. Scott and- did it, and uh, Chris Winter did a voice, and I did like five or five regular voices. Because I do you make a lot of money doing? No, that? I had the worst deal ever. I didn't know what it, we. I didn't even know what for it was. life. Yeah, yeah, I life. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I knew it was fun. And these guys, I'd sit there and they, Jimmy, can you do this voice or this lab? Yeah, sure. And I didn't realize that I should have got paid a lot of money. But it became a pretty big hit, uh, this action league now. But I was saying, when you did that voice, it is fun. That is one of the funnest gigs in the world I had those five seasons of action league. Now, I did make a lot of money on a Burger King commercial. Uh, they used two of my fig- figures, Stinky Diver and the Flesh, two of my characters, <laughs> uh, became uh, Kid Meals. Like a, they gave you, away. Wait really? a minute. Yeah, you were the voice of a kid meal for Burger. King? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you give us a, a little? Yeah, Stinky Dog was kind of like a yeah, kind of a Mick Jagger's kind of. Or I'm sorry, a Keith Richards kind of guy. That point. And the other guy was the Flesh. He was like this. He was a bodybuilder kind of little figurine. And it was called Chuckamation. <laughs> they take the the, the little figurines. They had every oh, had action all through the house. And it's a very interesting show. You can you can find it online. They have T-shirts they sell on Amazon. Believe it actually now. It's good. It was like it had a cult cult following but two of my characters became a, a kid meal thing wow. at burger king uh my mom saved them uh, so uh, you know i'll send a photo to you guys <laughs> but it's a flesh and it, you know, but it's, it was really cool it was a really cool thing but it just remind you when you said the show something like out oh, of seashell but it'd be cool to do a whole movie with doing different voices that's really animation that's actually so, but it's pretty really cool, cool right it's, it's fun i'd love to be a cartoon you would do voice. i could see you you could you do you kill it both do amazing voices in, in fact jim is there a voice that you can't do or what's the hardest um, voice that you try I, to do i you know i can do all uh, uh it, but it takes time george clooney was the hardest why whenever i go to la i have to do imp- i do impressions but i have to do impressions no one else is doing why is that so hard, the George Clooney it's, voice? I don't know why they are, but it was. And all of a sudden, um, I was—I didn't sound anything like him she, for months and months and months, huh. and months. And all of a sudden, something. I watched a movie called Up in the Air. And we used to do is watch a lot of movies with him, watched everything. And I don't know why. I just got He did a speech. He was like a, a corporate, you know, guy of uh, self-help dude or something. So you guys always did this speech. And I don't know why I caught one line. Was like, what if you put your whole life? In a suitcase, and he started getting. I started to get the cadence of George Clooney. I started to get how he talked. And then all of a sudden, I started working from the cadence and his voice, and that's how I started doing George Clooney. He said, that's what that's it sounds great. like. That's really get good. there. That's really. It cool. took months and months. Right now, I'm working on uh, Seth Rogen. I'm working on him and Nick Cage. 
So I'm way not near. I do a couple, but not. I mean, I. You could do. You could do. You could do Joe Donato really well. You could do no. You could do anybody you want. You could do anyone you want because you have that whatever that is. But I. It takes. It takes a nine months, ten months. Some of them I do real quick. I remember, you know, was a kid. So here's what happened to me. I was doing the Pittsburgh Speaker Series as the moderator, and you do a Q and A, and the former U.S. Attorney General Loretta Lynch was the speaker. Okay. And after she told about an encounter on the tarmac at an airport with Bill Clinton, and there were people wondering, what are they doing? What's happening? And she told the inside story. So here we are, Heinz Hall, and here this is the end of the Q&A part. This is the end of the evening. And she's telling us that Bill, like, wouldn't leave. He just wanted to small talk everybody about golf and this and grandkids. And so when she was done, I did my Bill Clinton can you do it for us? I just want to say, Loretta, <laughs> so you can do I it. love that dress you're in. That's so beautiful. You, you want to run for president? And That's a great got clip. a big kick out of it, but it was short-lived in it's the moment. It's good, man. No, I can't really sustain You have the thing point. that you're really good. do them, man. It's, it's a, I'm no marketing uh, the bit I'm working on for October 1st. I'm at the Steamworks Creative with Larry, October 1st. And I will be there. And Sheila's going to be there. Right I can't wait. Uh a bit I'm working on. Uh, I'm single, so when I go on dates, uh, you want people to say how to go. So I thought, you know, it's it's almost like when you go on a date and you're single, and you you, you almost have to do a press conference. But mine don't go well. I'm like, like angry, like Bill Belichick. I'm Belichick. Like you know, they say how did it go? <sighs> well, you saw it out there. It's uh, it's a mess. Uh, he's a mess. Uh, you know, that's the way it is. We we tried. We we watch the film. We, uh, and that's what we do, you know. I mean, he, he tries. Jimmy's trying all. You know, he gave it all he had. And, you know, I just that's a stupid question, you know. <laughs> so I'm. It's, it's sort of that sounds like I'm a little bit. So I got to listen to Billichek now over and over because I want to get him perfect. Sometimes you do an impression, and the person, the the audience doesn't know the. It may be dead on. The audience doesn't know it. So it's an interesting thing. It has right. to be a person that is a character that people have seen a lot. Oh, okay. So it's a, it's an odd. It, Odd talent, I guess. And speaking of talent, Jimmy's going to be singing. I'll be there too. The Porch Concert, Friday, October 7th yes. at Morningside at Beth Claussen's house. You can check us out. Go to your website. It's like the coolest thing, man, to be there. Are it's, you going to sing sometime with us? Dance? You should. Uh, you should. Not unless I start taking singing lessons. You should. Uh, it's could. been a long time. <clears throat> I'm going to sing Tiny Tim, I a medley. Wait. Again, in great impression. There you go. The tulips. He does an impression. That's where I'll be. <laughs> Larry. Through the tulips with me. You know, it's funny. Uh, I noticed. This is why I know you, you could do the, any impression you wanted. It would take you know, some longer, whatever. Because you, you'd be, just right there, I saw your face expression. You'd become the person. In a way, you've got to kind of become the attitude. Well, meeting of the person him helped. Way. Because then I can, you know, dial back. Yes. And I watched on YouTube. Of what you saw. And then he did one about uh, divorce. Just a couple lines, you know. Yeah. Okay. He called me Mr. Richard. Yes, Mr. Richard. I said, just call me Larry, Tiny. Yes, Mr. Richard. But I, I got a song about <laughs> divorce. When we get our divorce from the district court, what a happy young pair we will be. <laughs> you will go your way, I will go mine, in our interlocutory degree. <laughs> I thought, wow. Tiny that Tim. Is, well, yeah, I mean, could you the imagine? The world could use another Tiny Tim. 
well, these days? He sold it, man. He just had the attitude he was and the, the whole real deal. deal. And yeah. stuck to it. Before his Miss whole Vicky. Life. Before yeah. Miss Vicky. Do you think he was in the Bob Hope League? Because that was a unique act. He had, he had a lot of confidence. Ooh, yeah. ooh, I, wonder ooh, I just, I just what? God, no? can't go there. Oh. Is, he, is he below the Ed Asner ooh. line? He told He's me. He's below the Ed we'll, Asner we'll, line. We'll end on this note because he told me about his private life. <laughs> oh, he did? I asked him about <laughs> he it. He there. Tiny. You tiny. are tiny. Did you, did you call him tiny? <laughs> tiny. <laughs> you, Where did you get you that nickname, tiny? tiny? I go tiny. <laughs> I said you realize uh, that your funny. wedding to Miss Vicky is still the highest-rated episode of Johnny Carson ever had, right? He goes, <laughs> I can't even mention her name. <laughs> if I do, I'll get sued. Wow. I said, Well, do you have a love interest now? I do. I'm married, and I have a brownstone. In New York, and we don't stay in the same place. That's the perfect marriage. And I'm thinking, all right, wow. he might be on to something. Yeah. And he goes, he goes, and it's wonderful. She comes every night, and she says, my sultan, is there anything I can do for you? Oh, my God. That's and awesome. I either have her in my sultan. or I say, no, thank you. And I'm thinking, oh, just what you're saying. Uh, see? Yeah. That woman has uh, tiny above the Ed Asner line. That's even amazing. tiny, even tiny was getting. Yeah, see, everybody Sheila? gets their, <laughs> everybody gets their own. Everyone gets the tiptoe through the tulips. You, you don't find tiny. Attractive. God bless tiny. Uh, uh, I bet yeah, he could. I bet he could win you over. Uh, I, yeah, I don't think so. Uh, on yeah. that note, saints and sinners and all things in between. Larry Richard unfiltered with. Jim Crenn, Sheila Highland, Sheila Highland, like Jim Crenn. I like Sheila Highland. Episode 45. <laughs> want to thank Dick Roberts, our producer, Jim Petolsky, one of our partners, Face for Radio Productions. And most of all, thank you. If you got this far, I hope you got something out of this. I hope it's reworked your life with Jimmy's Miracle or Sex Talk. We hope you get something. Yes. We hope somebody gets we something hope without above, getting something else. We hope you're above the Ed Asner line. Odyssey is our free app, A U D A C Y. You can get the podcast there. There are a lot of great episodes with a lot of great guests, or you can go to kdkradio.com. Episode 45, guys, that's a wrap.